men. What if you could do life better? What if we were more resilient and more confident? What if we got our priorities sorted and stuck to them? The world needs strong men. The Whole Man Academy podcast hosted by life coach Anthony Asprey, that's me, is here to help you become the best version of yourself and make the most of your life at work and play. Each week, I'll be talking to inspiring people from all walks of life whose stories and strategies will empower you to become a better man. Let's get the conversation going. Let's get men talking and let's do life better. Beautiful thinking about it. Anthony, thank you so much for joining me. Um, the first Pleasure. question I have for you, which is the way I like to start all of these conversations, is what does it mean to be a man? Uh, good question, a deep one to start with. I think it, yeah. it, it depends. Um, the, the easy answer is depends. I think it depends on um, your, your stage of life. So as a, an 18-year-old, what did it mean personally for me to be a man was probably um, you know, going out a lot, um, going to the gym a lot, uh, doing the curls for the girls, as it as the saying goes, um, and and trying to have all the things that you think are going to necessarily make you happy. You know, you have to have uh, the best car you can have, and 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 uh, thankfully we didn't have social media around in those days, so you didn't have all that to contend with. Yeah. But I think as an eighteen-year-old, you know, you're you're so limited as to what you know about the world. Um, and I think the next phase then is about employment. You know, what does it take to be a man or what does it mean to be a man when you are then in your working environment? Because suddenly you're surrounded by, you know, people from uh, totally different backgrounds to you and you need to learn to adapt quite quickly to, you know, your, your surroundings. For me, I worked at Glencore, which is one of the really big, big companies in the world. And I didn't have a clue what I was doing to start with. So, you know, you had all these high flying people around you, but you started watching them and taking, uh, taking notice, you know, seeing how they acted, what the things they did well, what they didn't do well. But then the next phase is kids. And it, it doesn't matter, you know, if you're in your twenties and you have kids or I didn't have kids till we were, I was what, 30, well, well 30, 38, 39. Mm -hmm. Um, but boy, that changes your, um, your view on life when you've got little kids and you know, you're, it's hard to explain the, the, the love for your children. Hopefully um, if you don't love your children, you should probably uh, go and kind of have a, have a word and think what, what's going on there. Yeah. Um, but you know, when suddenly nothing else matters when you've got kids, you know, all the other stuff that you thought was important. Now it's about spending time with them and, you know, having, um, having quality time with your kids. But then you go for another phase of once your kids maybe are 18 and when they've grown up, what is it to be a man for you? Uh, maybe it goes back to your personal time um, and reconnecting with what it's like for you to be a man because you've, you're, you're not being depended on so much. Um, yeah. Ultimately for me, it's being, I remember I had to write down, I went to one of the, all the Tony Robbins conferences around the world to Miami and date with destiny, what have you. And we had to kind of write something down. And I said, um, to be a loving and wonderful man, which can mean so much, but you know, loving to the people around you as much as the people in your company, um, and wonderful meaning that you you know do great things for for people um, and and live a great life. Hopefully, that's a I very long. That. It's a long answer no. to a short question. No, but this should all. I mean, long answers are good. It means there's you know there's thought behind them. I think uh, loving and wonderful man, I, I can definitely relate to. I think sometimes. The thing is, I mean, we could spend an hour on that question, right? Yeah. But it's nice to just get an insight into where people's instincts take them to answer it. And I think what you've observed is absolutely right. Cause I've spoken to men of a lot of different ages now. And you know, my last conversation was with a 17 year old guy and that right. 
for me, I learned so much in that because not only did I reflect, I'm 31 this year. So I reflected back on the time, you know, uh, that I was his age and really admired some of the perspectives he has already as a young mm. person, but also then went, wow, in the next decade, you are going to reframe so much for yourself because yeah. of all of the things you mentioned. And it is, I think, any experience, whether it's our workplace or our family or our personal relationships, they constantly seem to influence the way in which we define ourselves and express mm. ourselves as men. And uh, a conversation I had this morning, uh, my answer to that question was very similar to the guy I was answering, which is sometimes it feels like I have no idea what it means. It, it yeah. feels like a day to day kind of process of figuring it out because so many things influence us and there's so many changes at the moment as well and yeah. that's it's really interesting you said that you know um, i'm just working with a company who doing a big um what would be a virtual wellness festival um, oh, wow. because unsurprisingly they're not allowed to have uh, you know big groups of people which is a bit annoying um but one of the things they wanted to talk about was you know do men even know what it is to be a man now and again you know you can go down various rabbit holes of that but you know do you do you hold the door open for a woman when she comes through? So you have one that might say, uh, "I don't need the door holding open, thank you. I'm perfectly capable." And another one saying, "Oh, that was nice. Isn't that nice manners?" So uh, you know, there's there's so many ifs and buts involved, and you've got social media as well, which we when we had one of our Whole Man Academy events that David Gandhi spoke at at um, Geese and Hawks, and he said. Um, you know, giving yourself time off from social media was was one of his bits of advice, which I think we could all understand why he would say that. But you have so many people who you can look on social media and I always say it's selective sharing. You know, they mm -hmm. might be having a, a shit day, but they'll take that one photo where they're doing something and that's what they'll post. And you'll be like, oh, they're done. I don't I, I don't think I've ever really fallen much into that trap. But I know many people that do of thinking oh, they, they've got a better life than me. They must be happier than I'm and more fulfilled. And you're like, it doesn't work like that. No, no. That's very much part of the kind of purpose of these conversations is trying to get behind that veil, the illusion. I think um, it's really interesting, even in, I'm sure you've had this experience. So I'd be interested to know if you have with the Whole Man Academy. And I want to talk more about that so that people watching this can understand the work that you're doing and, and the yeah. resources they have available to them. But one thing I've found, even in setting up something like this, which for me was never about having to have kind of rigid guidelines, or I really just wanted it to be a space that existed. But interestingly enough, so many people have an opinion even on how that should be done and how it should be presented and how it needs yeah. to appear. And I kind of kept going, it takes it further and further away from its essence. And it becomes about all of a sudden, I'm talking about a product I'm trying to sell. And I'm like, yeah. I'm not trying to sell anything. I just want people to connect to one another from an authentic, loving place. But mm. now I'm considering the length of a clip and the image I should use to present that clip. And all of a sudden, do you know what I mean? It becomes about how it appears, not what yeah. it is and what There's its substance a, is. You lose that level of authenticity. And we've had, again, I'll probably do an hour's podcast about this, but you know, we've had issues where people are like, well, you know, do, does, does that mean that um you have to be covering all different topics and tick every box and you should have uh, how many people have you had on there that are on your podcast that are black or white or something different or and you're like we're just trying to uh, get guys to get together to talk you know if there's if you make it so 
um, clinical that it's like you've got to have three of this and you're just labeling people. And that again, I think is a dangerous game to play. Um, but if you go back to men, you know, men at the moment, as you say, I don't think quite know how they should be acting. Um, and for us, I guess the question is, it's not for anybody to tell you how to act, you know, to, to an extent, you can only focus on yourself. Mm. And that comes back to things you said about the whole man Academy is how, for us, how can we help men do life better? Mm -hmm. So it's not saying you should do this. You can't do that. Blah, blah, blah. It's saying, look, here's a load of options for you. You could do them if you want. You don't have to do them. It's totally up to you. If you're happy yeah. to live a life that is however it's going for you, then happy days, like on you go and shuffle out the way and let us get to the next guys. But if you're yeah. someone that's, if you're someone uh, as a guy who is looking to be more fulfilled, um, you might need to work on your sleep, your health, your sex life, your money, your career, your relationships, your fitness. Uh, you know, there's the, you can expand that as much as you want and go drill down on each of those. And that's part of what the whole man Academy is. It's not just, I think we've got labels as just mental health for men. And you're like, no, mental health is a segment of man pie. So if you've got, <laughs> you know, if you've got a guy who's like, do you know what? I know plenty of guys working in the city um, who there's nothing wrong with their mental health, but they have got a crap relationship with their, doesn't matter who is their partner. Yeah. Or, or you could say someone that's like, do you know what? I haven't got any money. I'm skin, but it's nothing to do with my mental health. I just would like to understand how to make more money or to be healthier. And you're like, well, we can help you with that. So we all say, you know, mental health is a very, very important sector of everything else that makes up a man. Yeah. Of a holistic existence, right? It, like yeah. you said, it's just a part. Yeah. Um, I'd be interested to know your kind of perspective on this and it's, I'm going to honor the fact that I'm going to struggle to articulate this in the right way, but I'm going to give it a go because I honor the one I'm about to articulate is a human experience. It's not just specific to men, but I find it really interesting that you say that I think there are a lot of men right now don't know what kind of man to be. I saw an incredible video that was done and I don't, I'd never remember names or anything, but it was Same done by one of the actresses from sex in the city. And it was a video about the pressures put on women and how they should look. And what she did is for like five minutes, list all of the contradictory ideas that society provide, you know, be thin, but not too thin, yeah. be the perfect housewife, but also like earn enough money. It's just, it was a, um, an incredible observation on how many contradictory ideas mm. women are told to be. And what you recognize in the video is it's impossible. It's impossible to be the perfect woman because it doesn't yeah. exist. And I feel like a friend of mine uh, shared, uh, a video of mine to his friends the other day. And one of the things that one of the guys said was uh, a lot of the time he feels like he's being asked to be everything for everyone. Mm -hmm. And then he kind of stops short and he's like, why would I fucking bother? Well, you because end up act you're acting. I can't, I can't get it right anyway, because yeah. I don't know whether I should open the door or not open the door. And I don't, I'm, I don't know how people are going to receive that gesture. So what's the fucking point in trying? Excuse my language, but that's yeah. what he said. And I kind of went, that's a, that's a thing that we have to try and unpack together as a community yeah. of men is because giving up, unfortunately, isn't the solution. But similarly, we have to face the kind of impossible task of going, nothing's ever going to be exactly right for any one person. We just have yeah. to try and understand the influences that are causing us to behave in 
you know, damaging or harmful ways to other people. And then those ideas that we have to just meet with acceptance and go, I'm never going to get it right for everybody. I just have to try and collect the best bits yeah. and present myself as, as the most authentic version of myself. That, and that's exactly it. And, you know, again, that's one of the biggest issues and it, it's not necessarily come up now. It's you know, been since the, the dawn of time that um, everybody's different. Uh, you go through phases of life and things are important to you at some points and, and other points. I think if you can get to a stage and it's a, it's a, it's quite a highly, it's a scientific technical term. Um, but the less you give a fuck, the happier you'll be, you know, <laughs> because you great. can, you can worry about what everybody else is thinking. And you know, that is basically a hamster wheel to nowhere. But mm -hmm. if you can be, and I'm trying to think of the word, which has just disappeared in my pea brain, but basically okay in your own skin, that you're like, you know what? I'm going to make some mistakes. Uh, I'm going to do some things right. I'm going to piss some people off. To be honest, if you go through life and you haven't pissed anybody off, you're really not trying or probably not being very authentic. So in your career, you know, you're not going to keep everybody happy. So, no. so probably like yourself with acting, you know, you could go to a casting. Uh, and I know from um, certainly, you know, certainly knowing people in the industry or my sister, when she was a model, she would go in, I'd go with a casting, I'd go to a casting with her. And, you know, she would walk in and one casting agent would be like, wow, you're perfect. You know, we will sign you up. And the other one would be like, you're too fat. You're too thin. You're too blonde. You're too short. You're too tall. So you're like, hey, go and find the people that you connect with. And I literally was just writing about this. You know, the, the saying you're the average of the five people you hang around with. Sometimes you need to sack the people you hang around with if they're like acting like a mood hoover. Yeah, I love that. I've never heard that before phrase before i love that though you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with yeah wow Again, you know what it's that... like if, you, yeah. if you've got if you've got some mates that are unhealthy and you hang with them you'll be the next one you know if you're if you've if i said to you look i've got five friends who are like entrepreneurs doesn't matter whether they're rich or not you know that's not the point it's about their mindset mm -hmm. it's a bit like saying look if um let's think of someone let's say richard branson if he lost all his money tomorrow and I said, oh, he wants to come and hang with you. You wouldn't be like, well, he hasn't got any money. So I, I don't think I can learn from him. You're like, listen, this, this guy can help you. So I would say to friends, if they're looking to start a business, for example, um, go and hang around with a group of guys that have started a business. You know, get around these people, learn from them. But if you're hanging around with a group of guys that are, are, are all working on the treadmill of, you know, corporate environment, they're not going to help you start your uh, new career. So you're, you know, go and find the people that can. Definitely. My ex-partner, she works like a lot with manifesting and part of the language around that, we don't need to go into that, but one of the things, and it's just a word that I really like connected to when she used it to describe those people that you're talking about is people yeah. that expand you. Mm. They are expanders, you know, people that you can spend time with and be inspired by, or simply just energetically be filled up by because you're like, okay, there's something I recognize in you that I could see this yeah. can be helpful, you know, and we don't, it doesn't, I want to return to one point earlier because I think it's something that I, I'm sure you will have thoughts on and I would love to hear them is mm. uh, this idea that I'm aware that especially for men, when they're, when we start using words like vulnerability or openness or gentleness or fragility or all of those words, we know straight away that there's a whole big dot point of weaknesses yeah. attached to those words because of the way that you and I have probably been raised and so many men are raised that straight mm. away. It's like, well, that's weak. Uh, and I heard a quote the other day that I think the single, you know, that 
the single biggest thing that men, all men have in common is a fear of being perceived as weak. And yeah. it's a gross generalization, but I'm like, it's probably not untrue. Yeah. Do you know? And so as soon as we go, well, hey, can you be vulnerable? Hey, can you connect with me? Hey, can you be open to me? I think a lot of guys reject it straight away because they go, well, I'm pretty fucking happy with how I am. Why are you making me like that? And yeah. what I'm trying to figure out how to communicate more and more is to go, I'm, I, don't, I don't want any man to be different. I don't want you to not like football or not liking drinking beer at the pub. Like yeah. I love those things. It's just about being open and being willing to look at yourself and go, maybe if I just learned to communicate with my boyfriend or girlfriend in a healthier way, that could be cool. Yeah. Maybe that, maybe that would fulfill yeah. me a little more. What benefit would that have? Exactly. I, I tell you what, it's an important point. When we first started the whole man Academy, um, we didn't know what we were starting really. You know, it was kind of, um, we've got this great idea to get an event where guys get together and talk. Um, and then it kind of snowballed from there. You know, now we've got a podcast and a website and we're about to launch an online um, course to help people, especially these days. Cause I mean, guess what? Um, events aren't going to be uh, getting together. No. And it extends your reach. Cause we've got people on the podcast that listen from the States and from, you know, I think 20 different countries Incredible. And, which is, you know, if you're just doing single events in London, you're not going to have that. But one of the important points was, I think when we first wrote the, let's say the blurb for the whole man Academy, what we were trying to say was that it's encouraging guys to get together to talk. Now that doesn't mean that you need to blurt out your deepest, darkest secrets or uh, give a sob story about something or etc. The point was, it was about actually making new connections just yeah. as the ways we have, you know, you bother to reach out to someone you never know where that connection can go. And there was a guy on Twitter who said, and, and it was something like, um, the problem is you're, for, you're, and listen to the narrative here, you're forcing all men to talk, which he's only going to turn them into a bunch of women. So firstly, there was, you know, he's made a few uh, big mistakes there. But one, one of them yeah. I said was, no one's forcing anybody to talk. But our point is, let's say a guy gets the stage. Now we know the suicide rate for men is very high. Um, yeah. and quite frankly, you know, it's, it's, it's only going to get a lot higher in my humble yeah. opinion, very, very yeah. soon. Uh, yes. so the point is you say, look, you're not saying to any man, you've got to come and talk. It's like, if that guy feels like there's a buildup of pressure that means that at some point he either makes bad lifestyle decisions like drinking, uh, smoking, uh, overuse of, um, drugs, porn, uh, stealing money, uh, bad work experiences and making bad decisions. If releasing the pressure by talking to a friend or someone, or it doesn't really matter who helps mm. and certainly stops you taking it a step further where someone ends their life, then that's what you're talking about. If you can bring all yeah. the levels of, as we said, if you're unfulfilled because your health or your this or your relationships, what have you, if you can bring those up, then in theory, that should help a man become more fulfilled and lead him further down the, uh, the path we want you to take as opposed to the one where, you know, the way I see the numbers going at the moment. Are you receiving our weekly emails? If not, you're missing out. Our Whole Man Academy weekly e-letter is changing the game for men around the world using cutting edge psychology, game-changing thinking strategies, and inspiring tips and stories from people you should have heard of, but likely never have. So if you want to live more, be more, and experience more, go and sign up at www.wholemanacademy.com forward slash movement. Back to the show.
it's often rejected is this idea that it's like, well, why should I have to give up part of myself to learn how to be vulnerable? And it's like, you don't have to do that. And also like, I really respect, I also come from it, uh, like from the position of like, I completely respect if you're also just like, like happy enough doing your thing. Like I had, <laughs> like I'm jealous. Do you know, yeah. it's like, I only investigate this stuff because there's part of me that goes, I have this need to communicate. That's something in me. And, and I have a desire to connect other men if they feel they have that need too. Yeah. This kind of, um, I'd, I'd love to know how this statement um, speaks to you because it's a kind of personal, let's call it a personal philosophy that I feel like I've tried to distill down to a pretty basic sentence. And it's this, it's like, life is hard enough as it is. So I'm quite happy for you to get through it any way you need to, whether that's believe in a God or love whoever you want to love, spend your time in any way you choose, as long as it's not causing anyone else harm. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think when I come back to that statement again and again, the thing that I would like to offer guys who maybe immediately reject the idea that there's any part of themselves that they can look at is going, we have to also acknowledge that sometimes our behavior is causing people harms in a way we're not even aware of. Right. Mm. I think the perfect example of that has been um, what the U S has made us all aware of you and I, as white men have been made aware that, you know, there are privileges we have because of the color of our skin that perhaps we weren't even aware of. And so then it becomes our responsibility to see those people who are asking us to observe those things in ourselves. And educate ourselves, take responsibility, right? And that's all it is. It's just taking responsibility. Yeah. And I went, okay, so I felt like I was living pretty aligned with my personal philosophy, but all of a sudden I recognized that I was contributing to, it doesn't matter if it's systematic racism or what we're talking about in some way, because I had privileges I wasn't even aware of. So be, mm. by becoming aware of them and having conversations that might feel uncomfortable to me, I'm working towards that harm being decreased. Yeah. And hopefully eradicating that harm by becoming anti-racist and taking action in those ways. That's just the most prevalent example I can give because it seems to be the most topical. Mm. But I think that's true of any example. It's like, if you're, if you're entirely happy with the way you're getting through the world, I'm, I'm honestly jealous. Just ensure that there's not any part of your behavior or your lifestyle that isn't causing anyone harm. And yeah. just look at it, even if for a moment to ensure that. And then I'm like, like you said, on your way, please, next in yeah. line. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you why it's an interesting point. I was interviewed on a podcast um, for a guy, it's called The Daily Decision, and he's based out in California. And what I said towards the end of the podcast was, you'll get guys who, um, you know, everything's going great for them, and they're doing really well. Uh, and again, my point there was fantastic. So you come and help us by writing for our newsletter, come on our podcast, or, you know, contribute somehow to explain how you're doing it so well and people can learn from you. So, you know, when, when I, we were interviewed um, probably about a year and a half ago and, and, and the slant of the interview was more about mental health. And I think, I can't remember if it's on or off camera, it doesn't really matter because my answer is the same. You know, if you're, if you're just being truthful and honest, it doesn't matter <laughs> who, I couldn't give a monkey to who's listening. Yeah. Um, and they said, like, have you had any issues with your mental health? And I just went, no. They're like, oh, well, I thought we were talking about mental health. I said, that's right. Like, I'm fine, thanks. And they're like, oh, well, um, oh, okay. Because uh, I think they're expecting me to, you know, deliver um, on a silver platter. You know, I've had all these issues. And I said, you know, I'm comfortable in my own skin. Um, 
guess what? We're all going to have shit thrown at us left, right and center in life. But, you know, you get to decide on how you react to things. So, uh, you know, you can be grateful about what's going right for you or you can focus on what's not going right for you. Um, mm. and, and if you really can't think of anything to be grateful for, be grateful that the sun came up because if that doesn't, we're all fucked. So Correct. start with, start with the, if you're really struggling, start, start with the basics. Um, and, and yeah. you said, I, I think what's happened with, with black lives matter has only confused people even more as to what they should or shouldn't say. And again, I think you and I already said we could do another whole hour. Yeah. I mean, if you look, take for me, I grew up down in Kent. I didn't know anybody that wasn't white, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went and worked in the city. I hardly knew anybody that wasn't white. Uh, I now live in the Cotswolds, where most people are white. So how can I really understand what it's like for people that um, are black, um, Asian, it doesn't really matter, who are living in a high-rise block or have been discriminated against, you know, we can do all the fucking social media posts we want to say we stand with you, but, but most people haven't got a clue. And then you flip it and say, no, I've got friends that are Asian. And like, well, guess what? I've been discriminated against. So you're like, okay, well, as, as he said, you're, does it not become, you know, how can I put it? It's like, you know, different people arguing about should we be saying Black Lives Matter and All Lives Matter, etc. But there's always someone else that's going to feel like they're left out. So again, then you, if you spoke about Black Lives Matter to him, he would say, well, we're being left out. <laughs> so again, you're like, do you know what? Don't know what to say. Yeah. And that's when I think it's just about acknowledging the fact that there is, we live in 2020 and there is an unlimited amount of information in this screen that we're both looking at. Yeah. And if, I think with anything, but most especially with a movement like Black Lives Matter, my, my feeling about the whole thing is like, okay, I have human beings. Human beings are asking me to empathize with their experience mm. and go, we have suffered through something and we're not expecting you to get it because you won't ever get it. What we're asking you to do is just educate your, yourself, take responsibility for yourself so that you might understand and be able to empathize a little more fully. And I go, okay. I can do that because, because I'm capable of reading a book and I'm capable yeah, of yeah. like absorbing information. And if that's how I can at, at, like just step one, be responsible and accountable, then I'm like, I can do that because it sure as hell shouldn't be anyone else's job to mm. sit me in a classroom. Yeah. And that's all I mean. And I think you're right. I think, of course, there's an immense amount of confusion. There's an immense amount of defensiveness and fear around this stuff. I'm really forcing myself to sit in this space and fully acknowledge that things that I'm sure I've already said are going to be wrong, Mm. but I acknowledge that it's part of my learning. I have to be willing to make mistakes to then to evolve, to grow, Mm. to be, to learn more. So with all of this stuff, as much as I resist wanting to talk about it, I had a beautiful conversation with an Ethiopian guy this morning and he said, he was like my favorite kind of conversations are when we don't have to talk about race. Cause he's like, I'm so sick of the fact that we, Yeah. And I went, man, I hear you. And I had to receive that simile. We had just had a really, I think, beautiful conversation about one factor in it, which feels necessary. But you also go, fucking hell, man. Of course, of course, you're fucking sick of talking about this because right now it's probably all you talk about. Well, I'll tell you what, that makes me laugh because one of my friends um, also, it cracks me up. There's another issue there where he's like, he um, is a black guy. 
uh, very good looking chap. And he said, I'm sick of people calling me an African-American. He's like, I've never fucking been to Africa in my life. So stop calling me an African-American. And then you're like, okay, so people don't know if they should mention that. But what he said was the, um, what's the word? The number of requests to go on like, you know, podcasts because he's black, like shot up a lot in the last few months. So it's like, hey, uh, we need a black guy here to come and talk. And you're like, okay, so you, you see where that's gone again. Yeah, it's about honestly, and this is why I come back to every time. This is why I try and encourage openness in people because it's like, well, okay, let's just be able to talk about what it is. Mm. And let's, we have to simultaneously try and acknowledge what you've just said, which some people's intentions are going to be completely like <laughs> fraudulent. Yeah. And other people's intentions are going to be honest because they have a, a genuine desire for empathy. So it's mm. like, we somehow as human beings have to navigate all of this with one another in the like kind of most, I don't know, the, the kindest possible way, but it's, it's fucking hard. Yeah. And it's, it's it is. not, it's not just this, it's anything. It's, I, I said to someone the other day, it's anytime anyone is different from you, it requires work mm. because you have to be able to sit in a space and be willing to be wrong, be willing to want to learn, be willing to empathize. Yeah. Look at yourself. Like it, all of a sudden the list gets quite long, but it's like, I'm a very passionate believer in like, that's the only way we actually get close to being our best selves is to be willing to do that work. I mean, and, and that's a great, great point is how do you become close? Again, it links back to the whole man Academy. How do you become, you know, the, let's call it the best version of yourself. It's about taking ownership of, and I think it's Jocko Willink says extreme ownership of you know, what you are doing, how you're educating yourself. And it doesn't matter if it's about Black Lives Matter or about how healthy you are or, you know, tick all the different boxes that you can find. But taking ownership and not blaming other people um, for, you know, what's going wrong in your life. Just say, I remember the saying once, which is 80% um, of people don't care about your problems and 20% are glad you've got them. So, you know, concentrate yeah. on yourself. Um, yeah. and, and don't spend your time. I mean, you look at social media, it's exploded with people who are experts in this, that, and the other. And I always try and provide, um, people with something that's just thought provoking. So you're not saying this is right or wrong. You're like, maybe you might want to consider this and stay, you know, stay curious about things. Um, cause not everything you're being told at the moment is the truth. <laughs> no, no surprise there. And, no. um, and, and yeah, it just gets more complicated for guys and people in general, but for guys, you can sit and you know pick over the bones of all the different arguments at the moment. But as you said, how do you become like the best version of yourself? And I think it's trying to raise the level of each of the components of your life so that you yes. can honestly say, I'm doing my best and I'm going to cock up and I'm going to make a tit of myself now and again, but I'm doing my best. That's beautifully said. And I, I genuinely feel bizarrely enough, well, maybe not bizarrely enough, actually, but maybe it's uh, like very obvious, but the more conversations I have, definitely the less I feel like I know but the more comfortable I am in that because then yeah. I'm like, Oh good. I'm not, I'm absolutely not pretending to know anything. That's why I want to have conversations. Cause I'm like, I'll learn something from Anthony today and I know I'll go away and reflect on it and go, all right, that's a new perspective that I never would have had. I yeah. think if you go into it feeling like you've got it figured out, that's when you have to ask the questions. Cause you're like, it's okay if it's serving you and everyone else in your life in a really healthy way, but if it's not, that's when we have to sit down and, you know, figure a yeah. few things out together. You just um, said something there I, I learned from the other day. A, a guy said, and, I, and again, I'll completely butcher the quote, but it's something like go into every conversation expecting to learn something from that other person. 
you know, never that know-it-all situation, yeah. which I'm sure I've been guilty of in the past, especially when I worked I'm in sure the city. You know, it's one of those things. But at the moment, you know, I, I'm making sure that I had this conversation this morning via WhatsApp. So is that a conversation? Who knows? Um, <laughs> but, but saying I'm, I'm often one of these people, I'm, I don't particularly like conflict. You know, I'll happily speak my mind on something, but I, I won't go out to try and prove someone else wrong. I'm like, look, this is my stance on it. And that's it. Mm. Um, I won't be out to be like, well, do you know what? You're wrong. And I think that's the problem with social media these days. There's so many uh, clown keyboard warriors who are sitting there, you know, in a dark room with their little keyboard. And you're like, instead of the big thing at the moment is everything is so divisive. I mean, look at across mm. the, across the whole world, but look at the, look at the UK as an example, you've got people that believe you should wear masks somewhere you shouldn't wear masks, but they're all confused because the government don't give you clear cut advice. Some yeah. people think coronavirus is a total load of bollocks. Other people think it's highly deadly. Other people are confused. You've got people that are confused about black lives matter. Uh, you've got people that are confused about gender, race, equality, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you've got people arguing about all these different things and ultimately it comes down to labels. Yeah, of course. Always. You're black. I'm white. You're wrong. I'm right. Uh, you're a Brexit, you know, you're a remainer. I'm a lever, et cetera. Um, yeah. And what it ultimately does, it's like a, an amazing, but very depressing system that creates these little pockets of, uh, of, of little divisive cultures that end up always arguing with each other. Mm. And I, like, yeah, I, I, it's kind of become a, a bit of a mission for me at the moment is to try and dismantle this. I'm, I, I recorded a video on it the other day and I didn't post it because I, I, I watched it and I went, God, it's just, I've sensed the hostility in me because it's the frustration. <laughs> Because you're passionate about it. Right. But it's this idea that human beings have a desperate need to categorize everything. Right. And I, I, I listened to an amazing podcast on NPR once, and then I did some research following and it's like, right. So categorization is like a fundamental human need because you and I need to be able to, the best example I have is look at this spider and understand if I'm bitten by this spider, it will kill me. Or if this spider crawls on my arm, I'll probably be fine. So yeah. categorization is necessary when it comes to survival. And that's, mm -hmm. Do you know, that's going back from you know, all through evolution, human beings developed this ability to categorize things for life and death situations. But obviously what, what the human brain has done and what culture and society have done over time is now labels for what kind of human beings we are have become so ingrained in the way we perceive one another, we forget that they're just an idea somebody had. Yeah. Literally just somebody sat down and went, okay, so if you like men or if you like women, that means you're gay or straight. And that helps me define who you are and put you in a category. And there's a list of things that go with that kind of person because organizing all of the people that I know needs to be as simple as possible. So yeah. if you're a gay man or a straight man, that pretty much means I know what kind of person you are. Yeah. And you go, what? Like, <laughs> Do you understand how absurd that is when you start to analyze it because you go we label each other and categorize each other into such tiny little compartments or boxes yeah. and departments because we think that means we will understand someone and it will make our life easier and all that i observe in society right now is how much damage that does because so many people are trying to claw their way out of the box that they're being put mm. in because they go that word doesn't represent anything about me whatsoever that's yeah. not an expression of who I am as a human being. That's just a category you're putting in me in. So you think 
it will be easier to understand me. It's, you know, but it's that, overwhelming to try and go, how on earth do you educate people to understand that these labels are literally just inventions? That's exactly what I was going to say. That's the big thing is where do you start with, uh, there, was a, there was a great study um, years ago where the teacher basically said brown eyes and blue eyes and the blue eyed children, yes. you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I remember hearing about it and I watched the YouTube video and stuff and it was just mind blowing. And the important point there wasn't just, it was the point that, as soon as you label someone, they start acting like they're labeled. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's the other worry. I know that the, then once you start acting like your label, you become biased to the people that are in your label because they're like you and it's like they're your team. You know, who, who hasn't had it when, when you were young and you're on a sports field and they line everybody up. I was lucky. I was really good at sports. I was crap at a lot of things, but I was very good at sports. So I was always right. picked first. But right. you'd see... As soon as people in your team, it's like, right, we're together and they're, they're there. Well, actually, he could be your mate. And if you change teams 20 minutes later, suddenly they're your team. But you're, you know, you're conditioned to be like, right, well, you know, you, you're, you're with me and you're against me. Yeah. And, and, and that's what's happening at the moment. I mean, in, a, in an election year, I mean, again, we could do another hour on this. But God knows, you know, the, the, the juggernaut of bullshit that is coming uh, especially for the American people, but you know, we see it over here mm. that you're being fed different information, but is there anything more divisive than generally who you vote for? Because as soon as you label someone as a, again, when it was leave or remainer or Trump, etc., as soon as you say that I saw friends, former friends, let's say it that way, who actually would say on social media, if you're someone that would vote for Donald Trump, then please like unfollow me, delete me and et cetera, et cetera. And you're like, what a prick. Like, is that well, how you value your friendships is because someone decided to vote for someone that you don't want them in your life. I mean, if you are, then great. That's up to you. But, you know, that's a hamster wheel to nowhere. Well, yeah. And it comes back to then it's like, then all of a sudden we're making decisions about who we're in relation to based on a label, yeah. not even a conversation. <laughs> no, I'm quite happy for you and I to have a conversation. And if you share political views that are so like vehemently against my personal value system, I'm quite happy to be like, Anthony, yeah, love great. and respect brother. We probably aren't going to see each other next week, right? Yeah. But at least there's some attempt to like understand one another on some even basic mm. level. But it's literally if like you're red and I'm blue and then you go, oh, nah, that, that won't do me at all. And you make that decision based on that one label. Then it's like, then I think we just get further and further away from each other as human beings. Because then yeah. it's like, then what is the system by which we're all living our lives? If it's just based, I use the expression every day, it's like the headings of newspapers. It's like that's it's the big, bold, you know, black word on the newspaper. Click, click and it's bait. like, I see that. And then I don't actually have any interest in knowing who the human being is underneath that because yeah. I've already made my decision based on that label. Yeah. It's a, it's a kind of toxic habit that mm. human beings have just become so used to. And I'm, I must admit, I'm still struggling to, uh, to figure out the antidote to that uh, short of having conversations and making people more aware of it. But it's, it's big stuff because you yeah. also then have to ask people to be willing to kind of be out there naked in the desert on their own and go, okay, I'm not going to take on any of those labels that anyone are giving me. And I'm not going to give any to myself. Then who the fuck am I? Then you label yourself as a non-labeler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, it does even, even I've experienced this personally since starting this page, it's like you all of a sudden you, I feel in me the kind of need for, or do I need to, do I need validation on that from someone? Do I need to check in with someone just to make sure that they think it's okay? Yeah. Instead and then of just going, choose, you know, who do you yeah, choose? And 
whose opinion am I going is most valuable in that scenario? And what am I trying to seek in that validation from that person? It's, uh, look, it's we a rabbit want, hole. We only want an opinion if it agrees with ours. <laughs> yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's if be it's honest, the one so, we want to hear. You know, if you write, I don't know, let's make this up. You know, you've, you've written a, 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 an ebook and it's 5,000 words long, or you've made a short film and you're like, I'm going to send this out for feedback. And they send it back and say, it's total shit. You're like, fuck that. I'm, I don't, you know, then you've got a few people that said it was great. You're like, right, well, I'll gravitate to the people that said it was great. We only generally yeah. want feedback if it agrees with what we're saying. Otherwise, we don't like it. So it, yeah. it's, it's um, I, and I've been guilty of it. We had people give us, let's say, business advice. Mm-hmm. And I'd say, hey, what do you think of this? And I'd give them my idea. And they'd come back and say, and they were far more experienced than me <laughs> by, by many years. And they say, actually, I don't think you should do that. You should do this. And I'd be like, oh, forget it. Oh, they're wrong. <laughs> And you're like, well, actually, you've asked their opinion. They've given it to you. Be okay with uh, it not agreeing with you. Definitely. And I mean, I 100% believe that's actually our best opportunity to, to become better men, right? Yeah. Is to be able to go, all right, I see that. I see that maybe that perspective can add value to me and mine rather than being like, that's definitely not what I want to hear. I'll just, I'll just yeah. <laughs> absolutely not listen to a word you're saying. Um, I guess I have you one with, question. Yeah, I was no, going to say just with acting. I mean, that's one of the parts. You know, you're say, um, you know, actor for a, a profession. But you know, I always think with a lot of people, a lot of guys are going through life. I'm not saying acting all the time, but either trying to be someone that they're not, or trying to always present. And there's nothing wrong with this, but like present the best version of yourself. Let's say when you go out on a first date, and you've probably have you know, had a shower, you might have been to the gym, you've got your best clothes on. If they're going to come back to yours, you might have tidied up and, you know, or made food and done all that. So you've presented the best version of yourself. But at what point is it that they get to see the, the real you who on a Sunday morning quite likes to just lay in bed with your pyjamas on watching football uh, with your hair all messy? Um, it's, it's one of those conundrums That's, for guys. It's so interesting you say that. And I would love I'm going to be very transparent about this right now. Okay. So I'm recently separated from my ex-partner um, and part of grieving the loss of that relationship, coming to terms with it, all of those things is my acceptance that maybe getting back out to meet uh, more people. I don't really have a very big community in London. I've only lived here for a couple of years. Anyway, yeah. in kind of beginning that process of, of meeting um, another person, I really had to sit with myself and like strongly consider how I wanted to begin that and what I was going in with, because most definitely five years ago, I would have bought, there would have been a lot of performance involved Yeah. about the kind of guy I was, the kind of stuff I like. Clothes you wear. There was, there was a, there was a woman that I sent a message to the other day and and I sent a message and then I, I unsent it. Lucky it was on Instagram, (laughs) (laughs) but 24 hours later I went back and I actually went back with who I most authentically am. And I went, this is me. This is, if we meet up, this is what I'd love to do. And if you're interested, let me know. If not, like all the best. Yeah. And it was such a relief to be like, you know what? Like, why on earth would I fucking pretend anymore? I feel too old for that. Yeah. I've got a son, my relationship and, and that kind of relationship is so sacred to me that it's like, if anyone's going to come into my life and inevitably his life, I'm like, I'm not interested in wasting any time performing. Yeah. I'm like buzzing. Rex are going to stay up on the shelf. I'm not going to pretend like I live in a different place. I'm not going to pretend like I have a different amount of money or that I dress in different clothes. I'm just going to be as kind of fiercely authentic as I can be. 
and roll the dice, you know, mm. and I've never done that before. That's the honest truth. Is it 31 years old? I don't think I've ever entered into a new relationship in my life being my authentic self. There's always been an element of like, how do I most attract this other person? Well, that's, and so it's a bit of an experiment and I yeah. have no idea how it's going to go. <laughs> but I think what you then question is, and cause I, I totally agree with what you said there, what you're, you're, you're looking to attract the partner who likes the stuff that you like, not that likes the stuff that you're pretending you like or pretend, you know, pretending you've got this, that, and the other. And I think many, we're, most of us were conditioned unknowingly maybe by if we want to pick on, you know, media and mm. you look at, um, you know, I, I could probably recite you, I could write my own men's health magazine in 10 minutes because I read every single one of them for about 15 years. So, yeah. um, at, but you know, you were, you looked at the cover and you thought that's what I need to look like. And, and that's exactly what I did. I spent years getting to the stage of having a cover model body so I could uh, be in Cosmopolitan magazine when I was younger. So I had what I thought was a perfect body. Um, and then when I first met my partner that I'm still with, she actually said to me, I felt a bit intimidated because she had such a like good body that even though she was beautiful and had a great figure herself, she's like, I felt a bit intimidated. So I was like, so you do all that. And in the end, you didn't need to have done all that. But but I wouldn't have yeah. known that unless I'd have had a, you know, well, I say none of us are born enlightened. We certainly are not. And I think that happens time and time and time and time again. It certainly has in my experiences when you actually get to sit down with someone and be like, hey, did this thing I put all of my energy into impress you with make a difference? And they're like, most definitely not. Nope. No, couldn't, yeah. <laughs> couldn't give a shit about that. Yeah. You know, I like you for these reasons. I like you for the kind of man you are, the way you treat me, you know, and, and that's another kind of myth. I'm sure you've had many conversations around it, but I hope to kind of continue to work to dispel is again, based on these labels, based on all of these cliched ideas that come about what kind of men you and I should be. And I'm sure, again, we were quite aligned in our ideologies. I did the same yeah. thing, you know, the body, the money, it's all very, very cliched, but for a reason, because that's what we've been spoon fed since yeah. we were born. Um, but I kind of, even when you achieve those things, I'm not sure there's ever actually been a time where I've been in any form of intimate relationship with anyone who's actually given a shit about them. Mm. Like, honestly, maybe yeah. a part of it, but not the things that I'm ended up being valued for have nothing to do with them. They have yeah. to do with like the way I govern myself, my kindness or compassion or intimacy or love or all of those things that I think men are comfortable expressing with privately, but we don't talk about as being not traits that, that should be, something yeah. we're proud of and should develop in what in, in that, one another and, and ourselves that um oh, you said the word develop that that's one of the things i always think um, i'm going to write something on one of our e-letters soon about this i have a whole list of different kind of topics and one of them is you know the most important opinion you can have in life is is of yourself mm. and going back to if you're comfortable in your own skin you know if you're thinking that you need to drive the fast car and have the expensive watch and a penthouse apartment and a cover model body and tick, tick, tick. Um, if that leads to what you think is your level of, um, you know, self-validation, then what happens then if, if you get something, one of those things taken away from you. So if you're ill and you can't work out, if you change jobs and you get rid of the car, if you've yeah. linked all of those things, or, or say you're, if you link your net worth to your self-worth, then at some point you might, come unstuck and it's a dangerous game to play. 
it is a very dear friend of mine once said to me uh, because we were working a job together and you know for me it was the biggest job of my career most amount of money I'd earned at that point and he just he, he's he's in his 50s so he's much older than both of us very very old man yeah he's eight years older than me that is a shock very old man but uh, he said to me uh, Wade just beware of the framework that you're building for yourself he's like just be really conscious of what you're putting in place because you have to be able to uphold it yeah so just because you got a job right now doesn't mean you can afford to pay the Ferrari off, you know, and that's a, a very cliched example, but it's also a real one because, yeah. do you know, it would be very easy to go, I got this now, so I got it forever. And it's like, no, be aware of the framework we all build for ourselves. So like you said, if that part of that framework collapses, then it doesn't mean your entire self collapses. Mm. You know, that that is so important now. And I, truly believe this now more than ever in my entire lifetime for men because um you are going to see an employment unemployment rate go through the fucking roof especially yeah. in a few months time when the furloughed staff you know i know people that are being furloughed but their company aren't going to keep them on after it all runs out yeah that's not a good you know and and there's not a lot of jobs around and it's 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 a it's a it's a quite a how can I put it? You try and put a positive spin on it, but more than ever, if you're a guy that even if you've been working at a big company and you've got lots of money, when that job suddenly disappears and if you can't get another one, you know, your earnings literally drop off a cliff. And if you are sitting there still, and I think I did when I worked in the city, I was a city uh, for a while, a trader, and then primarily a broker. So you earned quite good money. You went to expensive restaurants, you had all the trappings. Um, and then when I, uh, when I left, I was a bit confused because people say, what do you do? And you say, oh, I, I used to be a broker in the city. No, well, what do you do now? Oh, I used to be a broker in the city because you didn't have anything else. And that's yeah. just like soldiers, you know, when they, or someone when they leave the army and you're, a, you're you know, perceived as a hero maybe when you're in the army because you're protecting people and, you know, possibly the biggest sacrifice that you give is giving your life, your country, which I always find mind-blowing. But when you leave and you're just John on the street, who yeah. are you now? And that's, again, you know, we could touch on that for another hour. Who are you right at the moment forgetting all the other stuff that surrounds you? Yeah, I think I love that the theme of this conversation keeps coming back to. And I mean, it's appropriate that the whole man Academy is on your T-shirt, but it is it, it has to be. It has to be. And it doesn't matter what metaphor we use, whether it's a man pie or I use the metaphor of a framework or pillars that uphold us. It's like we we constantly as human beings. But I think especially as men have to just be aware of those structures yeah. and aware of which parts of ourselves are maybe unbalanced or imbalanced and then look for guidance if we feel like that would be helpful, you know, yeah. and that's again, just the more conversations we have, the more opportunity we have to connect like the whole man Academy does beautiful. It's just going, if there's a part of yourself that you need a little backup on, we'll just, just come. Yeah. You know, Let's see if we can and improve then, it. And then if you, you know, if you don't have a job in three months and it feels like your entire identity and purpose in life was to just go to that job and earn that money. Yeah. That's going to be frightening when it goes away, mm. but it doesn't have to mean the end. It just means we have to look at those other pillars and we have to maybe spend a little time yeah. looking a little more deeply into who you are and, and what else in the world can fulfill you. Well, that, that, um, going back to, you know, people that might be losing, I say jobs, it's careers, I think, that yeah. will change. And especially with technology at the moment, it's wiping out things that, you know, years ago, 
you might not have ever believed that things like this were going to happen. But you know, you either adapt or die. Basically, you can yeah. bury your head in your sand, but if you do, you're you know, you're um, you're going to be going backwards. And it's about saying to the guys, um, you know, be a man with a plan. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if you're an actor or you're uh, um, you know working in a city or you're a bricklayer or whatever it is, have some kind of plan that there's the question if if your career or your job ended what would you do and what steps could you put in place now so that if that did happen it didn't end up being a total fucking disaster for you yeah because as yeah. soon as you start planning you now there's a saying the army don't buy bullets you know when they where they're in a war they they you know you prepare you plan you make sure you know exactly what you're doing and and you've got to look at yourself as as a man and be like do you know what what if? Yeah. Oh, look, I'm going to give you a, per- a very quick but very personal example because I think it speaks exactly to what you've just said. And I truly now believe it has helped very much shape the man who I am today because of the experience I had to go through. I went from working at, you know, a huge acting job, having all of this money, meeting my ex-partner. I was in Ibiza wearing shorts white shorts doing cocaine like some yeah. member of the cartel which was so far from any man that i ever imagined being yeah. but i got caught up in the fantasy you know caught up in the lifestyle yeah and then 12 months later i have a newborn son and i am broke and i mean zero dollars and zero cents yeah i think two weeks before he was born i had no money and i remember calling my parents and i'm lucky enough to have parents that could help me and yeah. i burst into tears and i said like mom and dad i'd I have no idea what I'm going to do because I can't act because there was no work. So I borrowed money off them. I went and started mowing lawns at a school yeah, four days a week for yeah. whatever it was, seven pounds an hour, whatever it takes, but whatever it takes. And that for me, I'm so grateful that I went through that experience because I had to get to that place where I had to relinquish all of my pride, all of the shame I held around what I should and shouldn't do. All of that crap had to go. And I had yeah. to come back to whatever it takes to support my family. That's the most important thing to me. doesn't matter if I have to ask for help in ways I've never asked for. doesn't matter if I have to do things that on the surface look like, you know, people could judge them. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It just, and, and that was a worst case scenario, you know, and I went through it, but I'm so grateful that I went through it because out the mm. other side you went, okay. So even when I thought it, my life would fall apart, it certainly felt shitty, but. But you're I still here. I'm still here and I took so much value from it and it informed who I am so deeply that I'm like, I wouldn't change a thing about it. Yeah. So, so I, you, you know, you I learn think... so much in those moments. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think which I listened to podcast a few years ago. Um, and it was, a, I think the guy who owns one of the biggest MMA gyms in the world. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. His point was, he said, I, I was working towards saving up enough money to open my own gym. So in, I was working all day on it. And then overnight I would be cleaning toilets for you know x amount of money and he said you know sometimes you have to swallow your pride and do whatever it takes and you know he might have felt like your friends might think oh well you're doing that and maybe they think rightly or wrongly you're 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 lesser of a person because you're not doing all these cool things Mm. but you know sometimes that is your take a step backwards to take a step forwards again and i tell you what exactly as you said there you fucking learn a lot about yourself when you're working for a small amount of money because it's very easy when you earn a lot of money. Yeah. But when it gets changed and you think, I mean, I, I know 
various friends who uh, you know have earned a lot of money and then gone to do something because they kind of got forced to for a while because they've made some bad choices. And it's very hard to go from earning, let's say, equivalent of 500 pounds an hour uh, to uh, 30 pounds an hour or less. Because then you think, what's the point? But yeah, you learn a lot about yourself. You do, and maybe that's. Thank you for hearing me out. I just wanted to. I just wanted to share that experience only because I think it. Hopefully, like we said, no doubt there are going to be a lot of guys very soon who are in a position where they've gone from living in that house they're used to living in, metaphorically and maybe even you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> physically, to being in a very different space and having to come to terms with that. And it's just about knowing, even if it's re and it will be really fucking hard. It's just about knowing that, you know, there is, there are always ways through it. Yeah. You've just got to kind of maybe check in with parts of yourself. You really don't want to have to and behave in ways that seem, you know, maybe they're ways that you've really avoided behaving, but mm. they all serve a purpose, which is to get you out of that space and, and to keep well, you, moving. You just said the word purpose there. And that's the big worry when people, guys because we're talking about guys here when guys lose their sense of purpose and often that is because they have left the job and they don't know what to do and i know i had that when i had quite a few months after i left work in the city and i was working on something else but that didn't take up all of my time and i would walk my partner emma to the the train station at half past five in the morning because she worked up in the city and i'd walk back and all the people were walking this way and i was walking back to my house and i'd get there and i didn't know what to do because for 20 years or whatever it was i had my purpose of i'm getting up and get the train doing this and suddenly i would i'd wander around the house and be like i don't know what to do i know what i do i'll have a look in the fridge again you know i'll have another coffee and the the sense of purpose means when you have a sense of purpose you have the focus you have clarity which is priceless you know yeah. it doesn't matter if you're a million miles away from what you are trying to achieve if you know you're trying to achieve it you know, like starting an Ironman or an ultra and they're like, okay, I know, whatever, 200 miles. You're like, I know where I'm going. So I'm a long way away from it, but I know why I'm doing all this. But if someone said just run 200 miles in any direction and there's no, or not necessarily, we're not going to tell you where the finish line is. You're like, I don't really know what I'm doing. What's the point? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think went with that purpose and a willingness to accept that you might have to do a few different things to get, yeah. You, you'll get there eventually, but it's just about going, all right, deep breath. Um, I'll do whatever I got to do to get there and mm. accept that it might take time and a bit of hard work. But if you maintain that sense of purpose, that means that I think the, for me, I was then more readily able to accept that I just had to do what was necessary. Yeah. Cause I know it was working towards my purpose. What was it? What's the biggest job that you've done as an actor? Uh, and I don't mean necessarily monetary wise, but, um, who's the biggest person that maybe you've worked with or that you've done where you've thought like this is the the biggest probably the biggest job i did was for shonda Rhimes, who produces like gray's anatomy and scandal and you know the kind of biggest like yeah. network tv shows in in america she she did a series a few years ago that she wrote and produced well co-wrote and produced and it was a retelling of romeo and juliet and it was quite um, significant because they went for colorblind casting. So it was a super diverse cast and I was the guy, you know what yeah. I mean? Like from, and so on paper, that was it. That was the job, you know? And uh, we shot it in Spain for six months and then it was complete crap. Yeah. And it had one season that died. And then I didn't work for two years. Yep. You know, that's, but, 
that's the great stories just as you think you know what i would say about planning because just as you think you've you know you've made it as it were is sometimes the time where life kicks you in the ass and suddenly you're like how did how have i got from here to here but if the only thing you've got is this i mean you've got your, your health you know your health yeah. and, your, and your mindset if you're not yeah. healthy and you're ill uh, your health is your wealth if you if it doesn't matter how good you are at anything or how rich you are etc if you're unwell everything else kind of falls by the wayside but the great thing is it doesn't matter if you're strong mentally and that doesn't mean that you aren't able to cry and what have you but you know you're just like do you know what i can cope with anything that's thrown at me thanks very much mm. it comes mm. down to needs and wants what do i need in life what do i want i want loads of things but the, i don't need many things at all definitely and for you with that you know, going from, let's say, the highs of, let's just say, highs of Ibiza and Hollywood, as it were, <laughs> suddenly to being, mum and dad, can I borrow some money because I'm, I'm fucked at the moment? Mm. It's like, do you know what? If you can do both of those, and yes, it is hard, but still be like, I'm here. I'm all right. Yeah, I'm still here. And nothing is that? else. It is, because those, both of those experiences uh, helped me to absolutely have a much clearer uh, understanding of my expectations, yeah. you know, and that I come back to time and time and time again is go anything I enter in life. Now I always, always stop and go, what am I expecting? Is that realistic? What am I setting myself up for here? Yeah. Because Russell Brand, who I'm admirer of said beautifully once the expectation is another word for fantasy. Mm -hmm. And for me that really struck because I went, yeah. Okay. So next time I get a job, my expectation is to give, my most every day, find value in the people I work with and connect with, govern myself in a way I'm proud of, and then go home. Yeah. And if people watch the movie, that's cool. If they don't, it hasn't Whatever. affected my life because my, I've already felt like my brief has already been filled because I got to tick those things off every day. You know? Yeah. Do good uh, work, be a good man. Uh, that's, that's very a great like, one. reductive. Yep. But then I get, to, I get to leave and go home and be with my son, and I don't give it another thought in the best possible way because I've attached no expectation to what it is. Yeah. I find it's meaning within it rather than what it has to be to anyone else. That's, that's so important to get to that stage. And I think some people could go through their whole life and never get to that stage of say enlightenment that basically you are, you know, you are your own thoughts that you're in control of and whatever else is going on around you is outside in thinking that it's just something that's happening outside that you could be allowing to affect you inside. I did a podcast. I'm now a whole man academy podcast is up to like, 38 episodes or something like that and we've, we've amazing interviewed a whole range of different people from entrepreneurs to uh, nat geo people and bbc dancers and uh, life coaches all these different types of people but um i always think with that you're just taking little nuggets away from each of those people that speak to you and one of them was a guy that was introduced to me through uh, through david gandhi and a guy called marius hordich who's a um was or is still a, a but a model in you know, a male model um he's got ridiculous cheekbones looks good in anything <laughs> and he's i think he's about six foot three so the same as david gandhi but he said to me talk about being authentic he was like when you went to castings um at the end you'd obviously be around with the other male models and it'd often be a what's your next job and he mm. said you'd usually lie because you didn't have another job to go to, but perception is everything. So he said, one day I just thought, oh, fuck this. So they were like, oh, what are you going to next? And he was like, actually, I haven't got another job at the moment. I'm just going back to um, wherever, you know, Tuscany or somewhere. And he said, it was so funny how the other two guys were like, 
actually, no, I haven't either. Mm. Instead of going, oh yeah, it's, you know, it's bigger, it's better. It's the next thing. Imagine just being honest and going, no, I actually, instead of bullshitting, just saying, no, I haven't either. Mm. And like, how liberating, the, how liberating yeah. to not have to prove anything to anyone. Mm. Do you know? I, I, I experienced that in such a kind of an immense way when I, like I said, when last year I went from being Wade the actor who appeared this way to everyone, to my partner at the time, to her friendship circle, to that. Yeah. And then I went to, uh, Wade, what are you working on? I'm mowing lawns at a school. And, and also I love it. Yeah. That was really important for me is like not going, I mow lawns now and I'm ashamed of it. I legitimately loved rocking up every day and mowing those lawns because, yeah. it, because it gave me purpose. And then that Fresh to air. me, especially yeah. in that circle of people I was surrounding myself with at that time, you could kind of see how uncomfortable everyone got all of a sudden. Because yeah. I, I, I pulled the veil back and went, oh, by the way, I'm not that guy that you're like, you think I am. Yeah. Like, I was that guy, but now I've kind of, I'm a bit exhausted by that and I'm just going to tell you who I am, which is like, I'm still all of those things, but I'm also now this person that really loves doing this thing that you perceive to be, do you know, something less than desirable, but yeah. I'm very proud of it. And then that you find out like, who your friends are. Yeah. And then, I mean, I get, I, well, not even secretly, I, there's some satisfaction in seeing the way that that can affect people too, is authenticity sometimes is so confronting for people because then they don't know what to do with you. Yeah. Right. They don't yeah. know where to put that label. That, that was a bit like with being in the city, you know, you're surrounded by uh, hundreds of guys and it would always, sometimes you felt like, you know, who could impress people most um and i took great delight actually when we moved uh out of london and i'd always had nice cars and you had your convertible this and your audi tts and your bmw z4s and you know you'd done the walking up to a garage and walk, literally buying a brand new one and driving it out the the showroom and then when we moved up to the country i was like we're gonna have kids uh we've got car seats scooters crash helmets potties etc so we got rid of all that and yeah. bought like, uh, you know, a fucking Nissan Qashqai, which we call a Nissan Cash Cow. So we don't, we don't care what happens to it. Uh, and we, we always joke because I said, what happened when I started driving really nice cars? I got um, anxious about being out, about them being scraped or parking them or going into uh, multi-story car parks. So you really wanted this thing. And then when you've got it, you, you, you saw do. it as so precious that you you were scared to take it to out. To use places. it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, man, like I love nice cars and I'm sure I'll buy another one at some point. But when you're out in the countryside, you've got tractors, muddy lanes, and I've been, you know, forced off the road before. You get to mm -hmm. stage like, okay, don't care about that either. Next. Yeah, exactly. It's that it is this, this, um, and you know, I understand why I think for so many of us, but especially for so many men, we all have this innate need to prove ourselves to one another because we want to be seen. Yeah. as and respected and admired in certain ways but something that i've talked about for a really long time because of the industry that i'm in but amongst actors it's something that i was really aware of um when i was still living in australia and i'm not friends with any actors here thank god so i don't <laughs> i don't really experience it but is this um just this desperate need to be relevant to make sure and much like you gave the example of the model of mm -hmm. going i want you to know that i 
exist and I'm relevant and I'm auditioning and I've got a job coming up. It's just not happening for a while. And why, what have you been doing? <laughs> yeah. and I used to sit there with, with these people and just want to like go, you know, I can't give you anything, right? Like, you know, I can't change the course of your career. I can't, you don't have to prove anything to me. A, because I'm fighting the same fight you are, yeah. which is there are only a few jobs and we're all trying to get them. And B, like, let's just talk about who we are, not, you don't have nothing to prove to me because it will make no difference to your life whatsoever. And I mm. kind of, I just always had this like urge to just give a guy a hug and be like, brother, don't waste that on me. Cause it's going to get you nowhere. You have nothing to prove. Just be yourself. Let's just chat yeah. about anything, but the things that you feel like are very important to like stamp your relevance on yeah. me. Cause I'm like, oh, it ain't doing anything. One of the great lessons, and it's, that's why it's interesting to talk to you about this, because for people that have got a normal job, I don't think they can ever understand. Yes, you go for an interview, but it's not the same as going for a casting for something because no. you're being judged on different things. And often, let's say when it's modeling, it's just your looks. No one gives just a fuck if look. you're funny or clever. Doesn't matter. Stand still, pose in the right way. Um, and that uh, obviously it's much more complicated than that. But generally, no, no, it's, but, it's how but, you look. And yeah. I would go to castings with my sister and, you know, she was on the front cover of different magazines and on pop videos and what have you. But what it reminded me was I'd sit there and I'd see her as my sister, whereas this other, you know, there might be 50 girls in the room who are various forms of stunning. And I'd be sitting there as a, as a, as a 16, 17 year old lad in quite a happy place, quite frankly, because that's, you know, not, not a bad situation to be in, but you'd look and be like, they're only, they only want one. And they'd be like, I'd be like, well, she's amazing. She's amazing. She's amazing. She's beautiful. Da, da, da. So, you know, 49 of these girls are going to get told you're not, you, you don't look right. Off you go. Mm. And I was like, fucking hell. If these beautiful girls, you know, are being filtered down like that, what chance have the rest of people got in life when it's down to that selection? And that mm. was even at 17, I remember 16 or 17, just thinking, God, this is nuts. You know, it just shows that you can hold that perfection in your eye, but what someone else isn't seeing that and you will get discarded and that one person gets the job. Yeah, and it's brutal is the mm. truth. I'm lucky enough that I've had friendships with producers I've worked with or casting directors that I've worked with. And, and like, because I've asked for it, they've told me the truth and it's brutal. Yeah. It's like, you think that there are these long list of reasons as to why you haven't got the job. That's not the truth. It's just because like the reality is there are 10 guys that look just like me and we can all do pretty much the same job. Yeah. But that guy's nose is a bit smaller than mine. Yeah. What's the That's most brutal one you've to. heard? What if you, if you could remember one or two you've heard, you just like, fuck. Um, I mean, this is look, I'll, again, I'm going to be honest and it's going to sound like, it's going to sound very arrogant, but I don't mean it to, but this is actually the, the thing that I've struggled with most is the characters I want to play are in contradiction to the way I look. Right. Right. So there yeah. are projects that I've really connected to and I connect to roles that are very far outside of me. So anything kind of transformational has nothing to do with me. So I, in, in my ideal world, I'd be a character actor, but that doesn't align in any form with the way I look because yeah. the way I look <laughs> is I'm, you're supposed to be the leading man, which I yeah. couldn't give a shit about. I couldn't yeah. be less interested in, but you know, I do remember like sometimes legitimately I have received emails and it's just said, we really like Wade, but he's just too pretty. Mm. you know and you yeah. go hold on how is that supposed to be? i grew up <laughs> i grew up in a world in which that's supposed to work yeah for that's me, that's what you need but, to achieve yeah but 
similarly, like it could be, it doesn't matter. I mean, and, and I think the, the moment I had a conversation this morning and what came up is this idea of not taking things personally. And as soon as I applied that to my career, I very much enjoy my career and I very much enjoy auditioning now because again, I don't expect, I never expect to get a job, not because I don't believe I can, but because I fully not, sit in the acceptance of it's pretty much got nothing to do with my not in your control, is it? Yeah. No, it's just like, if I'm the right dude at that right time that those people look at and be like, Oh yeah, we can imagine him with a wig and a mustache. He'll do <laughs> yeah. then awesome. But if I'm not, I'm not going to walk away. And I certainly spent a lot of years as a younger man, fully believing that unless I looked like Brad Pitt, like, do you know, yeah. uh, that, I, that I wouldn't be successful. And then I went away from that and went to taking quite extreme actions because I went, well, they don't seem to like me for the way I am now. So I'm going to shave my head and put on 10 kilos. Yeah. I'm going to change gonna myself. You know, and I went through that on that circus for um, many years going, if I'll be different, then they'll like me. Yeah. Until I got to the age where I was like, well, fuck that. I mean, I'll just rock <laughs> up and put on a funny voice and maybe they'll employ me to do so. And if not, that's yeah. cool. I'll just go back to my life. Yeah. And that's, that's you the price this moment though, when it's like, you know, this is me. And as you said, you know, the less you give a fuck, the happier you'll be. Yeah. And I think if that's a philosophy we can take into every part of our lives, I know it's, it sounds simpler than it is, but I, I, I think it's actually quite a profound note to finish on, but like mm. this idea that as men, if we can approach things with like less fucks given about people's opinions or projections or labels, yeah. then once you get over that hurdle of going, oh, I'm, I'm going to try this. And once you recognize it's actually not as terrifying as it sounds, life is better and life is easier yeah, because I, you get to focus more on what you're, you know, you're accountable and in control of. It is, it is like a pressure release um, you it know, is. in, in, you can throw around the words authentic and et cetera. But you know, if you are trying to do your best to be yourself uh, and if people don't like that, then go and find some people that do. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's perfectly said it's, it's, it's remarkable how simple it can be if you let it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, it takes, t it takes time to work on, but yeah. you'll get there. It yeah. takes time and it takes work. It really does. But I think it's, it's hopefully conversations like these show other men that it's, it's, I, the quote I posted today, which again, I, I'm recognizing that the more people I talk to, the more I just repeat myself. And I'm one of those guys that has six phrases and that's it. That's all right. But that's fine. That's you need. I'll learn more phrases. Yeah. I'll learn <laughs> more. Um, but the quote I just posted on the ninth page in Instagram was, uh, I'm not telling you it's going to be easy. I'm telling you it's going to be worth it. Mm. And I think that kind of encapsulates the more I talk to people, the more we talk about the work and all of the things that, you know, we've just discussed, the more I go, all right. Yeah. So it's not a walk in the park but it's most definitely worth it because it can take you to a place of, you know, um, just a place where you have more love for yourself. And that's a good place to be. Well, there's that other saying for you, you know, if it was easy, everybody would do it. So the, the more you can hang around with guys, I think that are, uh, when you say a strong man, I mean, a strong, you know, mentally strong. Um, and it doesn't mean that you don't show, um, you know, emotion, but you know, if, when my, when my nan passed away last year, I, I cried my eyes out. I probably cried quite a few times during the week because I was thinking mm. about her. Mm. But you understand how that works. You know, I always say, you always get asked at the end of podcasts, um, you know, if you could impart one piece of knowledge. And mine is always that your thoughts control your feelings. And, and often people say, yep, but I say, you know, let it, let it kind of marinate through you or you marinate in it. 
And I was trying to explain that, you know, you do get to decide how you feel. You can't stop thoughts coming in because as I say, if I, if you'd have turned this podcast on and I had a massive pink hat on with feathers, you'd have been like, what the fuck is he wearing? You can't, you can't help that, but yeah. you get to decide what, what you're concentrating on. And that goes back to, you know, sometimes when people are in a, in a dark place um, or just having a shit day, you know, when, when kids have messed things up and drawn on the wall and you've trodden on another fucking, you know, um, Buzz Lightyear and, you know, we've all, all done those classics. Yeah. It's like you get all hit up and in your own head and you've got to understand, you're like, hold on a minute, I get to decide how I feel. Yeah. If, if you're grieving, you get to decide how you feel. If you're pissed off, okay, be pissed off. How long do you want to be pissed off for? What? Well, it's up to you. Are you doing like a 20 minute pissed off or a couple of days? Uh, uh, I'm not, uh, 20 minutes. Okay, great. I'll see you in 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, yeah. you get to decide. It's as simple as that. Yeah, yeah. No one else is dictating those terms, but you. No. And it's like you turn up at a casting and someone's like, you look like a twat and you've got a big nose. Go, okay, thanks for the feedback. I'll see you later. So you can either go outside and melt down or you could go outside yeah. and be like, what's next? What are me and my big nose going to do? Bring yeah. It yeah. No, but it's, you're totally right, mate. It's just like, it's always, it's, it's, it, yeah. Time and time and time again in my life, I come back to reminding myself that I have a choice. That's it. Anytime that I feel like I'm a victim of circumstance or a victim of my relationship or anything, I just check in with somebody. I'm lucky that I have a very dear friend of mine who's really good at being on my case about this, but I'll, I'll ramble on for 35 <laughs> minutes about my feelings and about how difficult everything is. And he'll just be like, yeah. Um, you know, you don't have to do that. Right. And I'll be like, I see what you're saying. Right. Yeah. Okay. I, you know, and we it is as that, simple as that. We call that emotionally vomiting on someone. Um, yes. and, and that's the important point. Actually, I think we all need sometimes I do it as much as, you know, I might have a great understanding of, for me, of how my mind and how people's minds work, but you still catch yourself going, bah, 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 bah. and then you're like, what am I doing? Well, like, I'm just emotionally vomiting mm. a load of, mm. a load of blurb. But sometimes it just feels good to do that and then get it out. And then you're like, okay, I'm on now. Yeah. I'm ready to and go. To not, and to not, I, I think I, 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 life became easier when I stopped judging myself for that too. Because I, I would emotionally vomit and then you'd spend the rest of the day being like, oh, I'm so ashamed of that. I want to dickhead. And instead now I'm just like, all right, I'm going to put my timer on it. I'm going to need a good 20 minutes with my mum or my best <laughs> yeah. mate. I'm going to act like completely inappropriately in terms of the way I'm communicating. Cause I just need yeah. to get it out of me. It's a bit of an exorcism. And then 20 minutes is up and I'm like, Oh, I feel pretty yeah. good about that. You're done. And then on with the day, as opposed to then, you know, kind of like just like persecuting myself for having feelings in the first place. It's like, yeah. guys, it's all good. Just get but it out. Having someone in your life or several people, and it goes back to, you know, who you surround yourself with. One of the most priceless things um, is finding people that, and when we say you can be, like authentic with what I mean is you can just say whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. And I have, you know, my best friend, I've been best mates for over 20 years. Uh, there's nothing he doesn't really know about me and vice versa. And, you know, you could lock us in a room for 20 hours and we'd still be talking rubbish. And I yeah. sense that with you and I, there's, there's no like, Oh, should I say this? It's like, listen, this is the way it is. Sometimes I swear like our podcasts. I'm like, if you, if you expect me to do a podcast where I'm not going to swear, then that's me filtering myself. That, you know, if you're going to be honest about things, then you, you want to turn the filter off. And I met a guy the other day who I, um, 
started following five, six years ago on his podcast. And we got in touch through a Tony Robbins event. And then we've stayed in contact for five years. And I met up with him last week. He's back over in the, U- uh, in the UK now for a while because um, he lives in um, California. And I literally sat with him for over eight hours just talking like we are about mindset, about business, about all the stuff you and I have spoken about. And I said to him, at the end, I felt like we hadn't covered enough. And yeah. that, that's the kind of person that you want to be around. Most definitely. I mean, I'm very aware that I'm in grave danger of that with these interviews. Like I started off initially because I bought into the how is it most marketable ideology of going, I'm going to have these chats in 15 minutes and pop them on Instagram and make them accessible. Yeah. And then I went, why on earth would I like restrict myself yeah. and any other person I'm connecting to to that? And so now I'm going, all right, so I could easily, I mean, happily sit here for the next two hours because like you said, we've already mentioned about six different things we could do hour long chats on. Yeah. And it's like, I think that's worth celebrating. I've completely changed my position on that and gone, why mm. on earth would I, like, I understand that maybe, you know, it, these things take time and for people to sit down and listen to an hour long conversation requires some commitment and setting yeah. some time aside. But similarly, it's like there might be someone out there that absolutely wants to do that. And why on earth would I well, limit us from connecting because I think it will be a bit more convenient to other people. I just said the word convenient. Um, there's two things there. One, I did, um, he's a mate of mine who, fun enough again, met him quite a few years ago, but he runs a, he's got a podcast and he does a quick, like a 13 minute interview. And he threw some really, um, you know, deep, say deep questions, but ones that it's quite hard to condense It'd be like me saying to you, you know, what's your purpose in life? And you've got one minute and you're like, right, shit. So instead of you being able to kind of talk about it and go, actually, do you know what? I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take myself back a step there and, and, and kind of, you know, go, go down a different path. You really felt under pressure to not just be authentic, but give him some kind of soundbite, you know, some brilliant quote. And I think I acquitted myself fairly well, but still, at the end of it, I was like, "Car, some of these questions, I'd, I'd like to sit on each of those and have a, a five to 10 minute conversation. Definitely. And the long form conversation is still, uh, you know, I listen to, I don't listen to really any short podcasts. I listen to ones yeah. that are like between one and two hours. Yeah. And the important thing is you're not trying to reach every person in the world. Some people don't like it and some people do, but if like you find a thousand people in the world that really enjoy your podcast and they listen to it, great. I mean, honestly, if you find one person, how can, mm. I think I, I spoke about that this morning with, with, um, with the guy I was interviewing and like, I just think, I think there is such a value in that. Do you know, it just, it only takes one guy to, to take, you know, interestingly enough, quite often I, this comes up is like, there'll be 45 seconds in here that will change the way someone thinks about their life. Yeah. And you Your go, golden well, nugget. That's, that's definitely worth it. If, if, if the golden nugget someone finds, even if one dude clicks on this and finds that, I'm like, how significant is that? And I said that knowing that I've had that experience so mm. many times. Little light I've bulb. just seen one quote or watched 10 minutes of an interview and gone, whoa, okay, I know I'm going to sit with that for a very long time and, and do my own reflection and, and all yeah. of those things. So, and I just want to say too, because I think it's important. I really, I'm so grateful for you. Like you, you observed it and it's so true. And the fact is that I haven't, thought about the way I'm communicating with you. And I think that's significant. And I just want to honor that because so often I think when we, especially men meet new men, there can be so much stuff that gets in the way. Yeah. Who are you? What are you trying to prove? What do you bring to the table? Am I threatened by you? Like all yeah. of this stuff. 
And I've not had any of that. I've just gone, oh, here's a mate. I'm just going to talk to him about how I feel. And yeah. I'm aware that I might say some stupid stuff, but it doesn't feel like he's going to like judge me for that or berate me for that. He'll probably, if I've said something dumb, might be like, hey, wait, think about it this way. So thank yeah. you for opening up that space. And I hope that I know that's what you're doing at the Whole Man Academy. I hope that's what more people can feel comfortable doing with the Ninth Path is just being like, it's just about having a, a mate to be like, I've got some stuff on my mind. And yeah. even if I'm a bit of a dickhead about it, it's okay because there'll be someone there being like, all right, you're a dickhead, but that's not a big yeah. deal. Look at it this way. And we don't always say put, it's, don't put it's anything about in the men, way. It's about men getting together to talk. And, you yeah. know, often, you know, a podcast has a, let's say an agenda, you know, because I'll, I'll pick four topics, but sometimes yeah. I'll get to the end and two of the topics haven't been touched because two of the other bits have been so good. You've gone off on a tangent um and it's not a bullet point interview it's like do you know what sometimes the best stuff comes up quite late on yeah yeah of course because so you get into you start jamming right and you're yeah. like oh all right this feels good i can do this for a couple more hours yeah. let's see what happens yeah but thank you because i very much have felt that way and it's it's i think that's something that i'll probably continue to to talk about is just being able to when you meet any new human being, but because we're talking about men, just as guys, when we meet new guys, just be aware of the stuff that straight away you're putting in front of yourself. Mm. Just be aware of any kind of insecurity you're bringing or any kind of perception or expectation you're having and just see if you can just like check that stuff and gently move it out of the way and just be like, oh, I'll just sit here and trust and yeah, be comfortable see where it goes. being who I am and see where it goes. And I think, yeah. I hope people are pleasantly like surprised that actually there's some real good to be found in operating that way. And it's, it's about putting the time in. I think for people, um, you know, I ended up, there's so many podcasts, but I ended up having to say, do you know what? I'm just going to listen to like one or two and just leave it at that because otherwise you spread yourself so thinly. Um, but it is that there's always golden nuggets. And I mean, I went on a whole week's uh, course and I'm literally, I mean, if you ask me to sum it up, I learned, your thoughts control your feelings. So I spent a couple of grand, a whole week, you know, 60 hours there, learned about neuro-linguistic programming, learned how to hypnotize people, etc., etc. Doesn't really do me much good because all I needed to hear was your thoughts control your feelings. Yeah. And I was like, bing. Yeah, worth it. Worth every penny, mm. right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, thank you, brother. Pleasure. I really do appreciate it. Um, and I will make sure I connect everyone to the whole man Academy and I myself am going to get on the newsletter and I'd really, you know, I'm looking forward to again. Ex well, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of trying to expand my community here. So I think uh, I'm very grateful that, that you've established that and that I can be a part of it. So thank you. You're in the right place. It was an absolute pleasure. Happily do it again sometime. Yeah, let's do it, mate. Thank you. All right, bud. All right. All right I'll speak to you soon. I'll speak to you Bye. soon. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Whole Man Academy podcast. Now, are you receiving our weekly emails? If not, you're missing out. Our Whole Man Academy weekly email is changing the game for men around the world using cutting edge psychology, game changing thinking strategies and inspiring tips and stories from people you should have heard of but likely never have. So if you want to live more, be more and experience more, go and sign up, visit wholemanacademy.com forward slash movement.